Hey guys, it's Josh and James, and this is Well I Never, the podcast where we just watch a bunch of movies that you probably saw years ago and then talk shit about it and we're probably drunk at the end. I mean, if it's a bad movie, that's, that's probably mm. what we're going to do, because instead of the normal one to five uh, scale of rating, you know, one being ah, it was terrible, five being it was great, our scale is kind of flipped and with an alcoholic component. So it's one to five whiskeys. How much whiskey did it take to get through this abomination? Healthy coping mechanisms are endorsed Ugh. everywhere in this podcast. You know, it is the well I never recommended diet, and it's working for me. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we have an exciting day. Um, also, an exciting month. James, happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month, happy Pride everybody. Month. Yeah, we are recording in June. Uh, it's the middle of June now. We are finally out of Minnesota winter. Uh, <laughs> just happened last week. So, because it is Pride Month and because uh, 2019 is the 50th anniversary of Stonewall and everybody is getting down with their gay selves this month, uh, with all the the 50-year celebrations, we thought, you know, why not just jump on the bandwagon because we are definitely followers here, not leaders. So we thought, let's do a Pride-centric movie as well. And I have seen all of them, um, I like, to my regret. Like, to my regret. A lot so, of them are not good and so sad. Oh, they're so sad. Why are they okay. so sad? Seriously, y'all, like, gay movies, they are <laughs> almost without fail, especially, like, the early ones one of these three they are about coming out number one which number, doesn't go well it never goes it well. never goes well number two about aids number three dying probably from aids those clearly don't go well like those are like all the gay movies like all the gay movies are about one of those so it is kind of a struggle to like find a a pride or lgbt movie that is not about one of those things that is older than say 2010 yeah because like it's gotten a lot better since then. It does get better. Hashtag. Um, <laughs> but it was it was very difficult. Yeah. To and if they start people. out okay and kind of happy, all of a sudden, like, tragedy strikes and somebody is dead or dying. Or right. You know, and up. it was getting to the point. Or getting sued by Madonna for custody of their shared child. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so it was getting to the point where, like, I was, like, kind of glomming on to some mainstream movies because they ha- they would happen to have, like, an LGBT character in it. It was not a gay movie. It was not even particularly a positive portrayal of gay people in that movie. But I'm like, hey, it's not about coming out. It's not about AIDS. And the guy doesn't die at the end. I'm on board. So like my my like keystone example of that is Boondock Saints. It is a terrible movie. Have you seen Boondock Saints? It's like the two Irish guys and they're kind of thugs in Boston and like they're like getting a hijinks, blah, blah. I've seen it and... Is that one of the ones where the accents are so bad that I didn't know it's what they so, were saying? Yes, yes. exactly. I don't yeah. know if they're supposed to be Irish or like South Boston or some combo or none of the above. But one of the dudes is um, Daryl from Walking Dead. Yes. Um, and I don't remember anything about it except Willem Dafoe plays the cop who's hunting them. And he's like gay. And at one point to like, I think he joins sides with them and he like puts in like the world's worst drag you have ever seen. And it's terrible. Um, but he is a gay character. He owns like being gay and it doesn't mean anything. He doesn't die at the end and it's not about him getting AIDS. At one point, like he is like with somebody that he's obviously just had sex with. And like the guy's like, I just want to cuddle. And, like William Defoe's like, what are you yeah. doing? The guy's like, I just want to cuddle. And William Defoe's like, don't be such a fag. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I kind of relate to that a little, a little bit. So anyway, that was a long, long preface basically to say, 
we don't have many pride movies to choose from, you yeah. know, like if we're going like back a little bit. That aren't going to like bum us the fuck out. Right, exactly. You know, it is pride. Like, let's, let's go on a positive note here. So, Josh, what did we land on? So, we have turned to the drag queens, as we often do in times of stress, and mm. we have found Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. All right, all right. I've never seen it, but you've seen it? I did, I did. I've seen it, uh, I saw it for the first time in high school, and that would be the mid-90s. I think Priscilla came out shortly before, though, like 94. Okay. I, I have to look this up right now, because I haven't done my research yet. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it at all, and I am excited. Um, there are a bunch of people that are kind of notable in this too, that I wouldn't expect them to be in it. Like the liquid terminator is in this movie. Is that right? Um, so yeah, what we do like to do is for the person who hasn't seen the movie for them to just take a stab in the dark and like describe like, what do you think this movie is about? What do you think happens in this movie or who is in it even? Okay. So I'm not even sure about this, but I think the liquid terminator is in it. So I'm going to say the liquid terminator and two of his friends are (laughs) famous drag queen or they are drag queens who are trying to get to a competition, and uh-huh. they end up going on a road trip. And for some reason, they get lost, or they want to take the long way around because maybe one of them has been having a rough time. Okay. Um, maybe one of them just needs a road trip. Maybe they're bad with directions. It was before Google Maps. And they end up having to drive through the desert. And You're really like describing Tu Wong Fu. This I is am. Like, this is just Tu Wong Fu. It, it, they're... Not all drag queens are the same. Well, when Wesley Snipes get there, I think everything will make a lot more sense. <laughs> okay. So Liquid Terminator, that's, uh, what's his name? Robert Patrick? Something Patrick. I just call him Liquid Terminator. That, oh, that guy though? Yeah. Know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's who he thinks it is. And, yeah. and his two buddies. Yeah. And they're going to some sort of competition. Yes. And they go through the desert. Yes. And that's, that's what we're going with? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I did look it up. Uh, Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert is 1994. And so... I was a huge nerd, so like surprise, you know, everyone lean in and, and grasp your pearls of that revelation. Uh, so when I was in high school, like we would hang out, my friends and I would hang out and we would like have movie night. Like I remember uh, my mom like saying it's like, oh, like when other kids say like they're going to go out and party, like they go out and party. But when like my kid and his friends say like we're going to get together and party, it means they're going to someone's house to watch a movie and eat Doritos. And that was pretty much what we did. Raisin Hillary's. Woo! I mean, we were 15, like, and yeah. in, like, nowhere, Iowa. It was fine. But my friend had spent a year in Australia and came back with, like, all of these movies that, like, had not really seeped into American uh. consciousness yet. So, like, Strictly Ballroom was one of them that we did watch. Awesome. Um, uh, and Adventures to Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, like, I did watch, like, by, like, 96 or so, I would say. So, like, not very long after it happened. And it was... Very enjoyable at the time, but I don't think I've seen it in probably 15 plus years. Awesome. Well, I haven't seen it at all, and I apparently just think it's the Australian Tu Wong Fu, so... Yes, that is, but this came out before Tu Wong Fu by three-ish years, I want to say. Just enough time to get ripped off by the Americans. I would say, without spoiling anything, that like what a lot of people are going to think about when they think about this movie is like the, the ending performance... When, uh, you know, like, the, the three drag queens have gotten to a place and, like, there is a performance and it's full Where they of got to the competition that they're Outrageous in. costumes and uh, I, I feel a very, like, iconic song. Whenever I hear this song, and I'm not going to spoil it for Josh, like, I always, like, flashback immediately to this closing scene of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. So, with uh, Josh's synopsis uh, recorded for posterity, we're going to go out, see how correct he was or how wrong he was. Yep. After we get into full drag. 
Pass. Pass. Uh, Josh, <laughs> I'm going to leave that to you. We're going to pour a drink. We're going to put on a wig. We're going to talk. We're going right. to cry a little bit. And there, then... there isn't a corset big enough to fit me, so <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to tap out of that one. But yeah, definitely we'll, we'll drink our Cosmos, our Appletinis, and get going. Bye. Bye. We are back, and we freshened up our makeup. We have, well, now we've both officially seen Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Yes, hold on to your wigs, everyone. Josh has way too much information that he can handle. He cannot handle this. I am America's Next Drag Superstar. Well, keep telling yourself that. (laughs) (laughs) It takes years of practice. Years of practice. Years of practice. So, okay, like your recap... Before you saw the movie was um, Liquid Terminator. Yeah, so the most surprising thing was when Liquid Terminator like um, <laughs> morphed into Hugo Weaving. Right, it wasn't Liquid Terminator. So it wasn't the bad guy from the Terminator, it was the bad guy from the Matrix. Yeah. So I sort of see how you were confusing those two. So what we like to do after we've seen it is kind of to, for those listeners who have not seen the movie either, just a, a quick recap, like what happens in this movie? What is it about? Yes, so it starts off with... Um, Drag queen Mitzi. Yes, who is Hugo Weaving, the yes. bad guy from The Matrix, or Elrond from Lord of the Rings, you may know him as. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so he gets an offer to do a gig at a hotel uh, across the desert and drafts two of his friends. Um, yeah, and it's so it's a big long trip there in Sydney, uh, Australia. This is an Australian film, and I actually like crunched some numbers. I think they're going to like Alice Springs, which is more or less in the middle of, of the country. And that's like a 1,700-mile trip or 2,700, 2,800 kilometers. So, like, we're talking days, like a day, like weeks-long road trip kind of thing. In a big pink bus. Yes, yes. So, um, they they got a big bus and they christened the bus Priscilla. Yep. Hence the name Adventures of Priscilla. Priscilla the is desert. the bus. Yes. You never would have thought. No. Nope. Okay. Um, yeah, so also joining Mitzi is Felicia, the young, annoying drag queen with a heart of gold and a mouth that's always open, and Bernadette, who was basically just kind of Kathleen Turner. I mean, I don't know how you're <laughs> getting that. I don't know how you're getting that at all. So, like, Bernadette is somebody who had been doing drag for, like, a long time, like an old hand yeah. at doing drag. You know, like, she uh, is talked about as being, like, one of the original stars, I mean, as much as one can be Yeah, a star and she was, another drag. character mentions that she was, like, in a famous production. Right, 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 right. So, has, like, kind of left the drag life behind, but she's just experiencing, like, a, a death of her lover. So, she's like, okay, fine, this is something to do, take my mind off it, like, I'll do it. So, Bernadette is... I don't know age-wise how old we're supposed to like peg no. at, like 50s, 60s, 70s. I'm terrible at guessing ages. Absolutely. Um, but she's Absolutely. kind of like a little bit sad, kind of boozy, kind of surly. Boozy and surly is yep. why she makes me, she reminds me of Kathy Turner because that's been like her last few years worth of roles. And yeah, scenes. yeah, she's okay, that makes sense. Boozy, surly, blonde. Um, so basically we have these three in uh, Big Pig Bus Priscilla going like across the desert in Australia to get to... Um, Hugo Weaving, it turns out, like, it's kind of a surprise that, like, his contact that set them up this this weeks-long gig in Alice Springs is... His wife. His wife. My wife. <laughs> um, like, yes, like, he apparently... It's not clear if, like, he still goes both ways or he just used to go both ways, mm-hmm. but was, like, married to a woman 
And then, of course, the like other reveal later is that like has a son, and then, yep. like there is like his Mitzi. Spawn. You are the father. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. So a, a lot of it, it, it's a little episodic. It's about you know like here's like the characters we encounter along the way, and here's what happens. And of course, the bus breaks down several in the middle times. Of it, you know, and like and it's kind of like some infighting stories between the three main characters and. How there's a lot of sniping at each other, but ultimately they're one big family. It's they, brother fighting. Uh, yeah, kind of. Boy fights from Arrested Development, yep. if you will. And so, like, they finally uh, get to uh, their destination with the help of a guy they picked up along the way. Yep. I forget his name. is Bill Bob. or Bob. Bob. They pick up Bob. Bob, who sort of turns into a love interest for Bernadette. And they perform their shows. And, like, the big dream at the beginning, stated at the beginning of the, the young kind of annoying chatty one is that like she he wants to go in full drag regalia climb the top of like australia's like big monument which is called um what's the rock called like uh, mount, is, uh, it mount, is that mount airs um let me google it i always mix up the australia big rock and the south africa big rock because i'll probably not, never go to either one of them but you know like that the big like natural wonder in the middle of australia wants to get full drag climb it and be on top. And so that, of course, evokes the line from Bernadette. It's like, oh, great. That's just what we need. A cock in a frock on a rock. Ha 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 ha. Which is funny. Um, and that's how it ends. Like, it ends with more or less like the three of them. You know, they, they've made it. They kind of encountered some trials, tribulations along the way. They put on their show. Uh, Mitzi reunited with his son. Yes. It reunites with the son. And the whole thing kind of is... Really, like, the mother, like, luring them there to be like, and you got to take your kid for a while. I'm tired. Right. Basically, she's like, just for a couple of months, you got to take the kid back with you because yep. I haven't had a break in eight years. Yep. And that's it. Yeah. Cool. Fun. Delightful. Yeah. So, Josh, like, what are your thoughts? Are there things that you'd sort of heard about before this that, like, make sense now? Or, like, oh, that's, like, what this reference means? Like, anything? Not really. So, the only thing that I kind of made sense was I know I had seen – I. Had, after I saw it, I realized the thing with when they had the shoe on the bus with the huge train. Yeah. Um, I knew that that was part of the movie, but totally have been forgetting about it. Interesting fact, the set designer who built that bus later on built the cars in Mad Max. Oh, the, the recent Mad Max? I think it was the recent one. Okay. Which, um, Not in like the old school Mel Gibson. Yeah, like no, I thought it was Hardy. the new one. Let me turn to Google and find out just to be sure. But like I totally remind – like. The flowing um, yeah. fabrics. Were so there are a couple of scenes back. where they're you know they're speeding through the desert and they have this huge, huge, huge uh, high heel that they are going to use for a prop in their show, but they just like put it on top of the bus and uh, the young character Felicia gets in drag with this like huge flowing train that goes 20, 30, 40, 50 feet long behind her, like lip syncing along to opera or, or something like that, and it is like very visually striking. You know, it yeah. is a pretty iconic look. I was really struck by that, too. Like, there are a lot of just kind of, like, throwaway visuals. Like, this one little thing. Like, after a night of partying when the bus broke down, like, it, it zooms in and it's, like, a bunch of desert iguanas darting over an empty glass of Stoli. Yeah. Or you see a feather boa caught in a cactus. And it's just kind of like a second and you'll miss them kind of thing, too. Which is interesting. And, yes, it was Mad Max Fury Road. Fury Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, no, but it was uh, very pleasant. It was a really fun movie. Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, so I said earlier I hadn't seen this in a while. And it, it was interesting to kind of, like, 
remember things that I had forgotten or things that were just different, you know? So obviously pride has come a long way. Like LGBT acceptance has certainly come a long way since 1994. This is like 15 years old at this point. So like back then in like my pea brain, you know, the, the whole idea of like drag queens, I, I kind of conflated like drag with, you know, trans people mm. with just gay people like, oh, gay people just put on drag, you know, kind of like it's yeah. all one big kind of bucket of, you know, for lack of a better term, queer. And I, yeah. I use the word queer in like a positive way, but like queer representation, they all kind of blend into each other, blah, blah, blah. And it was interesting, you know, like the the two people, um, Hugo Weaving and Guy Pierce, the younger two, would switch their names. Like they call each other Felicia and Mitzi, and they call each other Adam and Anthony, like kind of 50-50. Like it, it switched. Like they call each other by their stage names, and they call each other by like their like real boy names. Too. Yeah, they use both names, but, but Bernadette. The, Bernadette was Bernadette, and you only call Bernadette by her pre-Bernadette name, and like to be a dick, to be like a total asshole. Yeah, like, like it's something that you don't do unless you are trying to go to her. Because Felicia used her boy name, and then she got the shit kicked out of her in a hotel room later on. Right, exactly. Yep, as one does. Exactly. So I thought that was interesting. Also, like, how mean they are to each other. Like, they just mm-hmm. lock Felicia out of the bus. Like, they pulled over for the night, and Felicia's, like, out there cooking food for all of them, and they just lock her out for the whole night for no reason. Out there with the dingoes. Right, exactly. And there's, like, a lot of, like, petty sniping, but, like, that seems to kind of go... It seemed to go a little far that, farther than it needed to for me. Yeah. Um, but something that I'd forgotten about... Um, so I did say at the top of this that I like this because it wasn't about, you know, like, gay people dying, gay people having AIDS, gay people coming out, and it goes terribly, terribly wrong. You know, there are, obviously are some elements of that in this movie. It's, like a 90s LGBT movie like like the adversity is omnipresent but what I found really interesting is like they they encounter a few people and they run into some some uh, problems like once they they get some people back to the bus when the bus is broken down and they need help and they basically take one look at the drag queens and drive off this like old crusty white couple and the people who come around to save them are like the aboriginal Australians who amongst the entire cast of the movie, whether they're unnamed extras or actual characters, they're the only people who do not judge the the drag queens, do not judge the the troop, and like they get into it and they like give one of them a makeover, and everyone loves it. Like out of everybody in the movie, it's only like the Aboriginal Australians who like welcome these people and like you are human, you are fully fledged humans, and you know like we wish you well. Yeah, it's with no reservations. Off the bat. Like there's you know like a couple of, of like. They were the first stop. They had like a couple of homophobic moments, but then Bernadette <laughs> um, kind of fights back, and they all decide they like her. Um, so they didn't have to do like the payment of entertaining anybody. Yeah, just off the bat, like, hey, welcome to our party in the middle of the desert. Right. It would be like you know we, we talked about Tu Wong Fu earlier. It, it is pretty similar. Like if Tu Wong Fu broke down in a Lakota reservation, mm-hmm. you know, and like that's the people who come to their aid. Yeah. America is still a little myopic when it comes to our native past. Mm-hmm. We'll just. That's a, that's a whole other story. Anyway, yeah, what else What are, what else are your thoughts on this, Josh? Um, yeah, so the thing I did like about it, too, like there were a couple of moments of unfortunate homophobia, but it wasn't the focus of the movie. It didn't derail the characters in the main way. It was kind of like this happened, and then they deal with it in usually humorous, humorous ways. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's not like a shaming like tale of like warning like, oh, well, 
when you go to the city, you're going to get beat up. Or well, it was kind of the opposite. Is yeah. what I was going to say it reinforces this, this stereotype that like if you need to come out as gay or lesbian or trans or like however you're coming out on that sort of spectrum, it's totally reinforcing the idea of like go to the city. Everyone not in the city oh, yeah. is a country bumpkin who's going to beat you up or rape you or all of the above. You know, like you're going to tr- be treated like hell if you don't live in Sydney, if you don't live in New York. Like, yeah. And that's basically what happens. Like even when they get to their final destination, it is the main character's wife who is the entertainment coordinator who sets it up. And she's like, we have a full house and the full house doesn't care. Like they don't, they don't dislike the act, but yeah. they don't care. They're there for the drinks and there just happens to be a show. Right. Right. It totally like, that was kind of eye opening for me. It, like, and then the very end, they're back in Sydney and they're like putting on their show and everyone loves them because you're in the city. That's where you belong. Yeah. My lovely queers in the city. Don't go out of the city. You don't belong there, which I guess it is kind of a self-preservation tactic or, I mean, obviously, but it is a little unfortunate then and now that, like, there is that whole thing. It's like, you can't live your life outside of, like, the Yeah, majority. or maybe it's just, I mean, that's where they were from. Maybe that's where their established tribe was at. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Eh. Eh. Either way, it was good. I was very pleasantly surprised. I really didn't have a lot of expectations going into it, but yeah, yeah it was nice to see an LGBT movie where again, like it wasn't for real, for like real. super downtrodden. Like, and it has been a while since I've seen it and it was still fun. It was super enjoyable. Uh, Josh, like, do you want to introduce our awards? And, and yeah, tell so us, like, our awards are, um, we've got a couple, we got two of them that we give out the, you're the real hero award where the unsung hero or the behind the scenes secret superhero is called out and the, uh, how could you award? So, <laughs> um, the, you're the real hero one. The mastermind of the entire movie was basically the single mom who tricked the uh, runaway father back out there. And then was like, all right, you're having the kid for a couple months. I needed some time off. It was masterfully played and I hope she enjoyed her time to herself. Right. And like the whole time, like the main character, Hugo Weaving is like out there on pins and needles, like on the strip. It's like, Oh God, I have to like face the missus. I have to face the missus. Yeah. Uh, uh. And when they get there, like she does not care that he the, is a drag queen, that he is more or less gay. Yeah. Like, choosing like, no, choosing like, to be gay. Is she super cool? The kid is super cool. They're super accepting. Right. Um, exactly. Like there's nice. nothing to worry about. Like she's totally awesome. You know, the series of movies we've done so far, I would say number one with the bullet is Sarah Connor from the Terminator. But like, Mom, like Mrs. Hugo Weaving, yeah, I can see as like a number two. Like, yeah, your life looks pretty great. Yeah, no, like, and do she, it. She herself is queer too. Their child had noticed like that she had a girlfriend for a while. So oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah it's kind just of a, a very like line. whatever. It's good. Yeah. So I would say my you're the real hero award. Josh usually tends to do on screen talent. I usually tend to focus on like the the craft. You know, people behind the camera, uh, what they're doing. And um, I should think this should this comes as no surprise when I say my you're the real hero award is the costume designers. The costumes in this movie are just iconic. I mean, we've already talked about like the giant shoe and like the the fifty foot train of fabric flowing out be- behind it. But these people won the Oscar. You know, those are this teeny no yeah. budget Australian foreign movie like won the best costume. Uh, Oscar that year, uh, which was great, which was great. And it was like kind of funny. We just looked at the clip, like, uh, there's a male designer, a female designer, the female designer comes out wearing a dress made out of credit cards. You know, and it's just like a whole bunch of credit cards tied together. Like they're all like gold and it's, it's fantastic. It, it mirrors one of, one of the, the big things in the movie, like the, the, 
flip flop. The flip flop dress. Like and a dress made up of a whole bunch of flip flops tied together, which is hilarious. It's hilarious. Like and it, really cool. There's even little baby flip flops for earrings. I read online. I found out that that cost seven dollars. Right. Like it was just seven seven bucks with the flip flops. Yeah, because the movie Super was made creative. on such a shoestring budget. Like yeah. no money. Like they're very inventive. But I mean, I feel like that's like you know my limited experience with drag too. It's very like. What can you make into something really cool and really different? I know. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, And, like, the the whole dance sequence at the end, like, they go through, like, umpteen costume changes. And they're all very elaborate with lights. And they look like the lizards who spit on you from Oh, my Jurassic God. The Park. lizards are my favorite. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and they have, like, I don't are, are they ostriches? They're Ostrich emus. heads? So, emus? And then also, like, they're all three of our emus. And then one gets drug off. And then it's... Then the lizard it's a like, change of, like and the she lizard comes on lizard. like with a with like a emu feather in her mouth like, yeah. yeah like implying that they were eaten so yeah my you're the real hero word costumes 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 like across the board even when they're not like performing on stage like the characters costumes are very identifiable like to that character yes. you know, like Bernadette always wearing like a little bit like more matronly. Like at the cabana, like linen pants, cruise wear types. Like the yeah. young guy, like was like more or less like shirtless, like the tight, tight, tight pants, and like the the Hugo Weaving character, like kind of like in between, like those those two extremes. Yeah, like, kind of. Yeah, okay. All right. So next is the How Could You Award. This one, I mean, all the characters are pretty great. So How Could You is just the homophobic characters, <laughs> the bar lady who gets called mullet, um, yeah. who gets out drunk by Bernadette. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, my how could you? So I, I sometimes have a runner up, and it's the case this time too. My runner up is uh, the actor who plays Bernadette, the oldest of the three, is Terrence Stamp. And Terrence Stamp, you may know as General Zod from the original Superman <laughs> movies, you know, like Neo before Zod, like that guy. And it was kind of a coup to like get this like well known actor to be a drag queen in 1994 for crying out loud. And I, I read that they wanted it to be, like, Tony Curtis, yeah. who had already done this in Some Like It Hot anyway. But Terrence Stamp, it was Terrence Stamp's, like, both acting and Terrence Stamp's, like, makeup and costumes, whatever they, they were doing to Bernadette. Like, Bernadette, not on stage, had, like, terrible makeup. Just terrible makeup. Yeah. Like, base foundation, like, weird places. Like, when Bernadette, like, was shown, like, without any makeup on whatsoever, it was better it was. than when, like, Bernadette was, like, wearing makeup to go out, like, around town kind of thing. And then whenever, like, Terrence Stamp was on stage, like, doing the drag shows, and there were several little vignettes where they were performing, terrible. No facial expressions. Just, like, dead. Just dead face the whole time. <laughs> not a good dancer. And by not a good dancer, I mean kind of a bad dancer. No, I was watching it, and I was totally, like... Oh, you're um, not good at this. Yeah. You are not good at this. At all. But, I mean, I can't give the award fully to Terrence Stamp because, like, the acting was great. Like, they had those one-on-ones with Bill, like, the, the dude that kind of pick up along the way. Yeah. And, like, they're sort of having a romance with. And, like, Felicia kind of gets beat up. And, like, they had always been at loggerheads. Felicia, the young one, and Bernadette, the old one. And, like, Bernadette ends up comforting Felicia. And it was, like, actually a very heartfelt moment. I really liked that. So the acting was good. It was just... Terrence Stamp, you are a, a bad, bad drag queen. Never do that again. Sashay away. Sashay away. Absolutely. So, like, my How Could You Award recipient would actually be the editing? Because it doesn't make uh. any sense. Like, there are these movies, and then all of a sudden it just fades away into nothingness. Like, it, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, all of a sudden, like, they're just out. Like, we talked about, like, they are in this camp of Aboriginal Australians, and they give one guy a makeover, and then all of a sudden they're back in the bus. It just fades out. There's, yep. like, and, like, they just turn it over like that. Like... And also there's this, like, nonsense, 
running joke about like a lady running a marathon across the country and she yeah what is that it doesn't make any sense like it's not explained well it's not edited well she's running with this weird thing behind her it's making sounds i looked it up and couldn't find anything anything it must be so australian that everyone's like oh it's whatever right it's like lady who's running across the whole continent yeah with a squeaky wheelbarrow i don't know my only guess or, like, they just really have these blink-and-you-miss-them scenes. Like, I did mention, like, there are some fun visuals of, like, lizards darting over, like, the empty vodka bottle. And, like, those are blink-and-you-miss-them. Or the the other thing I liked, like, they use, like, a, a blow-up sex doll. And they oh my God. throw it up as a kite because um, someone has gone to get help and the other two are back at the bus. And yep. so they're they in make, the middle of nowhere. Yep, so they make they're a kite out of, like, a sex doll and right, a right. dress. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, help us here. And there's, like, let the blow-up doll go and it flies away. And next scene, and they've all, all like completely forgotten about it. It makes no sense. So editing didn't, it was, it was poor. It was choppy. It was like, wait, what? What's happening? Sometimes. Speaking of the blow up doll, um, I think we found the originator of the post credit scene. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if I had ever sat through all the credits. Like the, the credits are, there is a drag queen singing along to a song during the credits the whole time. Who's actually the male costume designer. That's what you said. Yeah. That's what you said. And so the song ends, the credit ends, and then all of a sudden... All of a sudden, <laughs> the um, you fade into a, I would say, like Tibetan temple, and a monk uh, comes outside and gets kind of like thwapped with this <laughs> blow-up doll dress kite that has been flying. Yeah, so they like released it just without any thought whatsoever earlier in the movie and like the, the post credit scene is like all of a sudden it just comes to and I don't even know where it is. Is it Tibet? Is it Japan? Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry, Asia. I Somewhere. Just don't, I don't really know you. Sorry. Um, it, it, it is outside of Australia pretty clearly. So yeah, last but not least, we usually do a whiskey rating yeah. um, and the lower the score, the better we are ranking it just mm-hmm. as a reminder. So Josh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so ratings one through five, how many whiskeys you need to get through it. Um, this was a great movie. I only needed one and a half whiskeys to get through. It was delightful. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just put it at a solid one. Like that's it. Um, it's light. It's it's fun. It's, yeah. it's a romp. The half that I needed was to figure out what they were saying until I got used to their accents, but it was great. Yeah, there were some things we had to look up. Like, I don't know what they're saying. And that reminds me, like, I got free tickets, like, five years ago to the musical. They made a Priscilla musical uh-huh. that was on tour. And I went uh, with some friends. And sometimes, like, what, what is happening? Like, we, like their accents oh, they were, were so strong. Well. Yeah, they were Australian. Okay. Or they were Americans trying to do an Australian accent. Oh. Either way, like half the time, like I have no idea what they're saying. What it's, about a Pomeranian? And yeah. it's only from seeing this movie that I had any clue. Like, the <laughs> accent, the accent was strong. Huh. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, so uh, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Um, great movie. I actually recommend everybody watch this one. I don't always recommend that people actually watch our movies, but yeah, yeah watch this one. Same. Uh, if. You haven't seen it, you know, it is Pride Month, at least during the recording of this episode, so do yourself a favor, check out a LGBTQIA film uh, where the protagonist or the hero or the character in question, A, does not die, B, is not coming to terms with actually being on that spectrum, and C, is not diagnosed with AIDS because everyone is a rainbow and they are much more than that one aspect of their personality. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So this is James. And this is Josh. And this is Well I Never. All right. Have a great Pride Month, everyone. Bye. Right. Bye-bye.